welcome to the Science Allies podcast, a product of the Alliance for Science conversation with our global ecosystem of scientists, communicators, decision makers and activists, all working to build resilience and better futures for communities around the world. So welcome to another episode of Science Allies. And I'm here today with Sarah Nguenya. 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 <laughs> Nguenya of Kalomo Grain. I'm very excited to have this moment to have a deeper conversation with Sarah because I had the privilege of meeting some of her network of over 3,500 farmers who work in a cooperative. It was really emotional for me um, to see those women who remind me of women from my community and so many women for communities all over Africa. Um, working smallholder farmers trying very hard to make a living for themselves, their families and their communities. And just seeing this role model of a project that um, empowers them and brings them together so that it maximizes um, their opportunities to get better yields and get better access to inputs. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. I just wanted to start today by asking you, perhaps tell us a little bit about your background, which I think will be interesting to our listeners. Okay, thank you so much and thank you for this opportunity. Uh, my name is Sarah Nguenya. I'm uh, number fifth born in the family of nine. <laughs> and um, uh, so I'm, I, I trained as a journalist and I worked for both public and private media. And so um, while I was in the, in the private media, uh, it was kind of a Christian organization and that way there was an opportunity for me to learn a lot of uh, community work, community broadcasting and also data collection. We used to do a lot of types of story, uh, stories there. And uh, while I was reading a newspaper, uh, it was a foreign newspaper from Ethiopia. I found that they were trying to employ journalists from Africa anywhere in the speaking English country. And so I took opportunity of that and I applied and I went to work with the Ethiopian Media Women Association where they do a lot of things apart from uh, collecting data. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So you started your career as a journalist and so how did you end up here in, um, back in Lusaka, um, in Zambia generally, um, running a cooperative of women farmers? Okay, thank you. Um, when I was working in Ethiopia, I had never had a huge salary, the one that they were giving me. I was getting close to $6,000. And I was amazed that people can give a salary to that amount because back home I never got that type of money. Mm -hmm. 
and so over a period of time i noticed that i can't go on to finish my tenure tenure i ended it up at five years and whilst i was there we were doing a lot of community work we were going in different provinces different interventions and and so i had amassed a lot of you know a lot of skill a lot of information and so after close to five years i asked if i can my contract should not be renewed to the next five years and i came back home i started farming mm -hmm. what i didn't tell you is that um, when i was living in my mother and my father's house we they were literally farmers mm -hmm. so we would go to the field before we go to school mm -hmm. um, my dad would carry us in, he, had, he had a small vehicle it was a datsun he would carry all, all, of, all of us in that vehicle we go to the field and we would, we would leave home at zero three mm -hmm. and we come back close to six wow. we take a bath and then he drops us and then he goes to work he used to work for zambia Railways. my mother was a school matron so that was kind of our culture. We never had ch uh, opportunity to play mm -hmm. game. Yeah. And when there was game at school, the, everybody, uh, amongst our friends, they knew that this, these guys, they must play first because they have to run oh. back home. So we had that type of a very strict time. Yes. We never had luxury of time. Yes. So it was from there that now uh, my life then and the life that I saw in Ethiopia, it just brought me to go back to start farming. Wow. So I think that's how it all happened. And uh, after I did it for three years, each time I would farm, uh, I would find that, uh, like I told you before, I would find that my, on, the, on my farm, just in the middle of the field, I found that my field is harvested. Mm -hmm. It went on for three years. But the third year, they were able to find uh, to get the people were catch stealing, catch the thieves, catch the thieves harvest. my harvest, and so they called me to say you have to come, you need to take them to police. So I drove, and when I got there, it was just kids oh. and their mothers oh. and their grandmothers. Oh. So I said, okay, I then everything now resonated you know with yes. what was happening in Ethiopia so I yes. started with them and and because I needed to start with 10 yes. women so it was them there were six plus I found I had to use the headman's wife and their children so yes. there are 10 women and children yes. so that's how it all started wow <laughs> that's really really touching yeah I mean, it's so touching because we recognize the story, but also because you went back. You went back from an affluent middle-class life. Most people don't look back once they've escaped poverty, mm. but you went back to farm, but not only that, to help the community also to grow alongside. So that, that, that's really admirable. So tell me a little bit about what um, the cooperative does and what Coloma Grain does generally. Okay, so we started as a grain company. We were just growing uh, soya legume seeds mm -hmm. uh, for sale. So mm -hmm. we would grow and sell to national milling. These are big companies in my country. Mm -hmm. And so one time we, we offloaded like 2,000 metric tons to mm -hmm. national milling and they gave us a, a thank you, mm -hmm. you know, a package of 40 million rebased that is rebased zambian kwacha okay. now which is forty thousand. yeah just to say thank you wow. for the you know for the for the supply that you've done to yes. us because it was two thousand metric tons yes. from the women so um uh, over the 
period of years, you know, as as we were, as as that model for ten mm. uh, became successful. Mm. So I said, okay, can we bring clusters in different areas because I didn't want them to be in one area. So yeah. wherever they were staying, I would ask for them to form 10, yeah. 10. So we formed the first year, I think we formed close to 600 clusters. Wow. But we only financed half of them because, you know, I was using literally my money. Yes. So uh, the, the, the year that followed, we had so much harvest from mm -hmm. them because I engaged the government, you know, the guys from the Agricultural Research Center. Mm -hmm. I engaged the, 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 you know, extension officers. Yes. I, I engaged the camp, the camp officers that yes. already work in there with government. Yes. So I gave them allowance yeah. to just monitor for me yes. because I didn't have resource or even a big team for us to, to yeah. monitor those women. And uh, over the years, women, they were coming. We mm -hmm. want to join. And because they heard about the project, everybody would come. We want to join, want mm -hmm. to join. So I, I told them the model. I said, you have to be 10 of you. Yes. You start, you have to be 10 of you in clusters. Yes. You start. And then that's how we grew to 1,000. That's beautiful. So when we grew to 1,000, I think a lot of extension officers and government heard about what we were doing in mm -hmm. Mumba. So they asked us to go to Kapiri, mm -hmm. go to Eastern Province, mm -hmm. and to go back to Kaloma, where I come from. Yes. And so that's how we were able to, you know, to increase on the women. So right now, we direct support 3,500, and wow. we have 4,000 on the waiting list, because wow. we don't have the capacity to bring them in. Yes. We don't want our project to fail, because, because we have so many numbers, yes. and we are not really funded by, yes. by anybody. Yes. So in, in line of, of our duties, we were able to find opportunities like, you know, there are calls, there's yes. a call for this. Like in that area where you came in Mumbwa, Chitebo, yeah. uh, the, the national grid is like 40 kilometers away from that place. I yes. think you noticed yes, that. I did, yeah. So we reached out to uh, USAID, Africa Development Foundation, mm -hmm. to say that we need a, a mini grid. USA, US. ADF. Yes, 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 yes. We reached out and then they said, okay, we do co-funding. So they wanted us to put 100,000 US dollars and then they also put their 100,000 US. Mm -hmm. We told them we don't have that money. Uh, we have the land. Mm -hmm. They said, no, we have to put some, put some money. Mm -hmm. So I think over a period of time, they noticed that, I think it took about five months, they noticed mm -hmm. that uh, they sent their people to mm. come and see. So it was the, the work that they saw mm. that compelled them to say, okay, you put your, the money that you have, yeah. the 40,000, and then we put the 100,000, and that's how we were able to build the mini grid. What year was that when you got your first grant? I think it was uh, 20, 2010. 2010, yes. that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that was a long wow. time ago, yeah. But for the grid, it was built, I think, two years because they need to they yes. they had to do this procurement yes. issues and then find the, the the correct contractor and stuff like that. Fantastic. Yes, and then we were able to from our profits, mm. we were able to you know to build our own plant mm. for oil processing yes. because now we stopped giving national meeting because yes. national meeting are the biggest offtaker of what we yes. we were, were doing. And then we were also able to acquire, buy mini grids, those mini grids that you saw for mm. mini mill, 
and those we richard kalomo pays mm. for that loan it's a kind of a loan mm. there are about eight of them mm. in different areas so we pay mm. and then we allow the women to come and just meal for free yes and then that by us doing that just takes away most of the trouble that troubles that women have you know yes. finding putting food on the of table course. Yes, and we make a lot of profit from what we buy back. We, we recover yeah. our investment and then what we buy back from them. That's a profit. It's a lot of, it's a huge profit that we... That's we amazing. I mean, I saw it for myself and it really almost brought tears to my eyes because of how efficient it is and just seeing what's possible in a rural setting that you can have energy milling just that just it just shows that you're limited by your imagination sometimes it's not so much about resources because you thought about it in a systems way systematic approach and and were able to model small small innovative um, plants like that i wanted to ask you though it was interesting when we were there because it was all women and there was a large group, hundreds of women, but there were like five random guys, <laughs> gentlemen at the side, one of whom was very insistent on being there and there seemed to be some sort of tension. So I was, I, I was interested in how have you worked with the men in the community because you're empowering women, mm -hmm. but sometimes there is a backlash in that, especially in African communities. How have you dealt with that? Yeah, we have a lot. You witnessed that yes. man didn't just want to to keep to himself. Uh, usually, what we do is that we allow those women that are interested to come, mm -hmm. because that guy has uh, two is a polygamist. Yes, yes, and two and he has a lot of uh, kids, so we allow him to yes, also. Yes, he said he has nineteen kids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we allow him to participate because those are. Imagine if we if he wants to come and we refuse him, he's, yes. he's got the power to allow to stop the whole family That's from true. coming. That's true. So we just allow him to be around us and do his nonsense <laughs> and whatever he wants to do, to just uh, so that we can have the peace. Yes. You know, as we are working, we have yes. the peace and and so even men now. You know, we used to we wanted men to be part of us, mm. but the problem with men. Is that uh, when you call for meetings, you mm. know, because we have people coming, like extension officers, to yeah. come and train them, they don't come. Wow. They'll be drinking, they'll be doing all sorts of things, and the meeting is going ahead, on, and they're not there. Yeah. So we, we wouldn't allow so many of them because they'll then distract our vision. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted, we just want, at the back of our mind is about food security. Yeah. And and having these women having enough to ensure that their kids go to school. Yeah. So if I can just, just bring you to speed about what this project has done, uh, these women have been able, I, I, I think you saw for I yourself saw that they were healthy, yeah. first of all. And their children were there, some of yes. them, it was and wonderful. They, yes, they've, they've been able to take their kids as far as the university. Wow. If you, if you check our Facebook page, wow. you'll see themselves talking about how this project has helped them to even others to even buy a canter, you know, these small trucks. Yes, yes. And they employ people to, you know, ferry their, wow. their, their, their soybeans. Because yes. we have one site where the soybeans has to be ferried to. Yes. So they have seen a business opportunity in that. That's wonderful. By buying and helping other women to bring. So yes, the transportation of it. Yes, that's wonderful. Yes, for aggregation. So that's amazing. Mm. So I also need you to tell 
our listeners um, some of your amazing successes. So recently you had a big order for your Supreme Oil, which is your mm -hmm. soybean oil. Yeah. So you're exporting now to Congo. Mm -hmm. So I wanted you to say a little bit about that and how it came about. Oh, thank you. So we were uh, approached by WIAC. WIAC mm -hmm. is one of the uh, institutions that have trained us to be, you know, to be uh, investor ready. Yeah. So uh, they called us and said there's a trip going to Congo. Yeah. Would you want to be part of it? And they thought that we should be part of it. So yeah. we asked them about the cost. The cost was quite high. Yeah. So we said, okay, we'll sign up. Yeah. And then you signed up and you're supposed to pay 10,000 Zambian kwacha. Mm. And for each person that would go along with mm just for the trip for them mm. to do the logistics mm. and then when we get there we're supposed to pay thirty-five thousand dollars for accommodation wow. and food so they told us the budget around 500 per person for four wow. days so we said okay we'll go and then for, fortunately uh the women that were on that trip that mm. were trained by WIAC were then funded by the finnish government oh great so they took care of our mm. accommodation and our food oh great uh, and then we got to Congo and we were exhibiting mm -hmm. and so so many uh, uh, you know uh, uh, people that passed through our stand were yes. very interested yes, of our yes. product because we told them that it was a pure vegetable oil mm -hmm. we don't add carolans no mm -hmm. preservatives mm -hmm. and uh, they have to use it within a year yeah and it is certified yeah. by our, our ZAB, yeah. you know, our, our authorities back yes. home and so we got a lot of orders, but there was this one which was very interesting mm. uh, uh, that we then decided to sign up on the second day that mm. we exhibited. The exhibition was for four days. Mm. And so these, these guys, they run mines mm -hmm. and they consume like uh, 34,000 liters mm. times seven per month. Wow. And so we had to sign that that order. That yeah, order. It's a big order. It was a big ceremony. There we signed the order, and we started, uh, you know, moving the the oil. But you know, we have challenges at the border there, yes. but, uh, which they are aware of. Yes. The other guys in Congo, and so we signed a six million six million dollar, dollar contract. Contract. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, it For was. For rural women from Zambia. Yes. Six million dollar contract to yes. export to neighboring countries. Yes. That is an amazing yes. success story. Yeah, well so, done. Thank you. So we are now exporting oil into, it's the fantastic. first export that we've ever done. That is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so thrilled. Wow. Yeah. But I'm also thrilled that you've been recognized by the African Union. So you've not gone unnoticed and you're a role model for other women on the continent. So tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah, so that one just came as a surprise. I just, we were visited by a group of people at where we do production. Mm -hmm. And we are just, we are kind of a startup, you know. We are not like, because we, we were awarded on the same platform with Trade Kings. Trade wow. Kings is a big company, yes, you know. Yeah. We, we, we are not caught, not even, we are nothing. Compared you are, to, you're a startup. <laughs> a startup is not nothing. You're being awarded for the potential mm -hmm. and for the fact that you've made a mark when nobody else has made a mark and you've shown what it is without all the support and infrastructure of others. You're right there on the same platform as Trade King. That should tell you something about it. Yeah, we are so grateful. Well done. Yes, well so done. We, we were awarded. And so this award was uh, Best uh, Manufacturing uh, Company 
because um, they asked us what was our vision. What, well, they came and saw what we do, but they asked us what was the vision. So our vision was that we are building in the M phase. This is an yeah. economic zone. Yes. And this place is meant is just for export. You yes. can sell locally when you yes. produce from there. And so based on that and what they saw, I, thought, I think they, they knew, they saw that there was, uh, you know, some... That's wonderful. Some, Ah, I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. So to our listeners, um, all the details about this, pictures, etc., will be in the show notes mm -hmm. and you find links to Colomo Grain and also to the partner organization who invited Alliance for Science to Zambia in the first place. And, and that's Food Secure Africa. Mm -hmm. So now you're forming a partnership with Food Secure Africa and we are supporting this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I came actually just to see who's working at the different levels because at Alliance for Science we want to be able to reach all the, the, the different tiers, decision makers, mm -hmm. to have some influence and advocate for uh, a transformation and also to work with scientists and then to work with NGOs, private sector and uh, uh, cooperatives such as yours. Mm -hmm. So we're so happy that you are already in this wonderful partnership. We're going to bring some of our Alliance for Science fellows closer mm -hmm. and we're really hoping to really push some support and showcase um, this growing community in Zambia. Uh, we're very thrilled that this new government seems to be open to doing things differently. Um, so before I close, I want to bring up one subject which is slightly controversial, but I think it's important because we had a conversation at the Ministry of Finance Development Planning and I was very impressed, I was really thrilled at how forthright you were about what's working in terms of policy and what's not working. I understand that Zambia has a, um, an insurance scheme for farmers called FISP which is an insurance scheme for when there's bad weather and poor harvest, it, uh, you, 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 there's payout to the farmers. But you brought out a point knowing on the ground that this is not really working for your, 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 your farmers. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, uh, this FISIP, I think it has gone on for years. I think from the first Republican government that Zambia has ever had to this one, which is now just coming in. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, they, I think for me, that, that program was working then mm -hmm. because uh, probably there were, f there were few in terms of the population, mm -hmm. but now the population has grown. Yes. And also, uh, the, the, the rural people, they are not what they used to be before. Yes. These are people that are empowered, they have animals, they yes. are. But government has insisted to use this FISIP thing to, you know, to, to, I think they are holding the farmers, they are not allowing the farmers to think outside the box because mm. they know that there will be this package coming, mm. which is not very good because these farmers, they are able to do, let's say, 10 hectares. Mm -hmm. And FISIP is only four bags, mm -hmm. you understand, and uh, two bags of seed. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's doing 10 hectares is still getting FISIP. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think it doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. For instance, you spoke about insurance. Uh, government, uh, you know, they always say that uh, in all these areas where these farmers are mm -hmm. cultivating, mm -hmm. there's always a form of drought. Mm -hmm. 
But they don't even have this, the mechanism to check if truly there was doubt. They don't have the satellite mm. to check. They don't have the weather monitoring stations. Exactly. Yes. They don't have all those things. So what determine who determines that there was drought? Okay. It's somebody who's seated in the office somewhere in, in, in the capital city at the Ministry of uh, Agriculture saying that there was a drought so the insurance company must pay. And even this same payment that they do, it doesn't really go down to the beneficial, the, be, the people mm -hmm. supposed to benefit mm -hmm. this insurance. So for me, I think and <clears throat> something must be done about that. It's just one way of, uh, you know, it's a fraud. For me, I think it's a fraud. Mm. It has been a fraud for years. Mm -hmm. And even the, the fertilizer distribution, mm -hmm. you find that the same, you know, the same, you, you know, the same people, mm. the same government officials, you know, uh, they will have the same fertilizer to sell. So mm. what, what really happens there? Mm. So I think the government must, uh, you know, do a deep dive mm -hmm. into, into this FISIP thing and you know see who what is really happening because yeah. it's not it's not working it's not working, it's not working. and you bring up an important point because um i know that this is this is this is a, a matter of science weather patterns mm -hmm. this is this is it's easy to know when there 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 is a drought and it's easy to put the weather well it's not easy it's expensive mm -hmm. but um, governments have the capacity to do that yeah. so that this can be a transparent system you can monitor it remotely and the payouts can be, can 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 align with the weather patterns yeah. so, so you, 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 yeah. you spoke about the system being expensive I think yeah. it's better to use an expensive intervention yes so that you are able to you be know, more transparent exactly yes. than what is happening now yes, yes. Thank you so much. Well, that brings our wonderful session to a close. It's been just a joy talking to you. And I urge all our listeners to please look, look up Coloma Grain on Facebook and look at the post. And we're also going to be promoting your work on Alliance for Science uh, social media sites and of your partners um, in, in Zambia, Food Secure Africa. It's been such a pleasure. I hope I come back again to see your women thriving. And I hope next time I actually go to the farms and see the, the, the harvest uh, coming out. So thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for this opportunity to just talk to you. <laughs> thank you. And get to know you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Science Allies podcast. If you enjoyed this, or if it sparked any questions, get in touch. You can reach us on any of our social media platforms. And please think about joining one of our communities. Follow the link in our show notes and you can subscribe to our newsletter and other products. Don't forget to like and share these products too. See you next time.